So when Drake said no new friends, he lied because there comes a time in everyone's life when they realize that it's time to level up their friendship count, right? It doesn't necessarily mean the friends that you had before weren't quality, but maybe because of where you are now, you need to increase the quantity. And now you're listening to the Sugar Free Podcast. Welcome to the Tea Party, friends. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea? You know it's sugar-free. Remix. Now tell me, girl, how you like your tea? When you're kicking it with Sid Mac, we keep it sugar-free. Because all truth, no lies, the only way to be. No more sugar in our lives, now we're living free. Hey! Now change up the flow, but we hit season two. Gotta relive the show. Season one was going in, now we're hitting it again. Having fun with all my friends, going strong until the now end. Now Remix. Me, girl. Hey friends, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depending on when you're tuning in, and welcome to another episode of your most favorite podcast with your most favorite podcast host, the Sugar Free Podcast, with me, your girl, Sid Mac. So first of all, I cannot let this Monday go by without saying happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. It's the freedom for me, (laughs) y'all. So for reference, Juneteenth was actually yesterday, but I know a lot of companies are getting their employees today off in observance of the holiday, including mine. So I'm super excited to have this day off. And you know what? If you do not have today off in honor of Juneteenth, it's time to rally. Okay, it's time to riot. It's time to uprise. Rise up. <laughs> right? Because how are we going to get Memorial Day, Columbus Day, uh, Labor Day, but we're not going to get Juneteenth, which is now a federal holiday, BTW, in honor of the celebration of the freedom, allegedly, of black folks in this country (laughs) now i hate to say allegedly but we all know well maybe we don't all know but um season one and season two guests kevin matthews did a really fantastic thread on this on twitter that he reposted on his facebook and instagram pages about how other legislation outside of the 13th amendment had been passed in subsequent years that effectively extended the effects of slavery for black people in this country for many more years to come. And we know that we also had Jim Crow laws and segregation and the criminalizing of very minute things of black people called the black codes where, you know, a a grouping, let's say of two or more black people on a street would be considered a crime subject to imprisonment. And once you're in prison, uh, you're allowed to be quote unquote enslaved in meaning you can provide free labor to corporations and other manner of folks in the business of making money. So make sure that you really understand Juneteenth, what it is, and educate yourself. 
right? And so a lot of people have been asking, especially people who are less familiar with the holiday. And in all honesty, um, as a black person, I don't know that I've grown up with having any type of Juneteenth tradition, right? You know what I mean? Like Kwanzaa as a holiday has some very clear guidelines for how you can celebrate or what's appropriate to commemorate the holiday. We have very clear traditions for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Even as a black person, I don't know that I have any clear definition of how to observe the holiday, but I think that it's a a wonderful opportunity for reflection and education. So if you're not familiar with the holiday, educate yourself. If you're not familiar with what the holiday stands for or the history of freedom and abolition in this country for black people, then I highly recommend that you take this day that you hopefully have off because we've already decided if you don't have the day off, we are uprising in protest. But on this day that you have off, make sure you educate yourself and understand what the holiday is about and why we celebrate. And then you can figure out what you want to do that feels good and appropriate for you and how to commemorate the day. Okay? But I say all that to say, it's the freedom for me, y'all. <laughs> if y'all remember that Walmart ice cream, then you'll get the reference. So, anywho, what else has been going on? What else has been going on? This week, well, actually, in the past few weeks, we have been gearing up for season three. I am so incredibly excited to be working on this with y'all. I'm honestly thinking that this is going to be our best season yet. Like, I know I've loved every single season. And the reason why I've loved every single season is because every single season has been a reflection of me and where I'm at presently and what I'm dealing with in the world. And so I just love to see the evolution of the show as I evolve and grow as a human and as a woman. And and I think it's so reflective of how things ebb and flow in life, right? There are times and periods and moments where you try to make it do what it do, right? Which was the theme of last season. And then this season, the theme is feeling real good. Right. This season of my life, this season, I am focused on how I can optimize my happiness and wellness through all manner of things like building community, travel, making sure my skin and face look good, honey, (laughs) investing, career growth, pursuing interesting and different opportunities. And so this season of my life is all about finding my joy and feeling real good so I'm excited about this season and I hope you are too because we're coming back for season three in August so stay tuned friends and with that let's get into this week's episode so this week's episode I decided that we should run back part two of our very first episode so I know for our season one remix we ran back episode one of this two-part series, which is maintaining real friendships um, as an adult. And then part two is maintaining real friendships, part two, making real friends. And I decided I wanted to run this particular episode back this week because y'all know y'all been following me. I'm on my therapy journey. Okay. All right. (laughs) And in therapy, I have realized that in pursuit of my goals and dreams and also with the aid of a global pandemic the community 
of people that I have in my life that should be there to nurture and uplift me have fallen apart. And I think that is a huge part of what has been contributing to some of my anxiety about life is that when you put your happiness all in the basket of your career, that's a lot of pressure, (laughs) right? You got to diversify your baskets, okay? I need to move some eggs around. And and right now and for a, a good period of time, I've had all of my eggs in one basket which has been my career and so my therapist and I have pinpointed that I need to start rebuilding my community and so I'm not going to say it's been all work focused and dependent on my work and that's the only reason I will also say that the eroding of my community and when I say community I mean my immediate community here in Atlanta I still have friends and family who don't live in Atlanta who are very supportive Um, but my, uh, immediate physical community in Atlanta has eroded in part because a, a global pandemic called Lerona. Have y'all heard of it? Listen, if you haven't heard of it, Google is your best friend, but yeah, there was a global pandemic, which kind of prevented me from being out in the streets, from meeting up with people and being social outside of the home. It also kind of forced me to spend a lot of time with my now ex, who's also no longer a part of my community. <laughs> In that way, uh, we're still cordial, but he's not, you know, part of the, the inner circle community the way that he once was. And so a lot of the relationships that I had pre-pandemic have kind of fallen by the wayside. I'll also say that I, I noticed that a lot of my friendships were surface Ooh, right because if if the lack of in-person gathering should not eliminate the community but it did for me because a lot of my relationships consisted of going to lunch and going to brunch and like that was it right like we didn't necessarily talk on the phone or check in on each other or anything like that it was just a very surface relationship and so I will I will say that in, in some regards it's my fault Um, I won't say that I have a no new friends policy, but I can tend to keep things surface mostly because relationships take time and work and energy, (laughs) honestly. And I don't always have the energy to put that time into cultivating the new relationships and the trust and the blah, blah, blah that's required for a new friendship to work. And because of that, I'll just be like, oh, hey, girl, let's go to lunch. And then that's it. Like, that's a friendship for me. But in the face of a global pandemic, you can see how if that's the the basis of the friendship, it can be eroded quite easily. And so I am rebuilding my community and trying to get reacquainted with some old acquaintances and build stronger bonds and relationships with some old friends, with some new friends, so that I can reestablish community because I am not an island and I can't I can't do this thing called life by myself. And sometimes it feels like it's easier to do it by yourself, but it's it's really not as enjoyable and it's just not doable. So that's where I'm at. And so in light of that, <laughs> and also, also, so this is the other thing. I also have been pruning 
undesirables or I won't say undesirables. That's that's not a good word. But but your your relationships change over time. Right. And so I've kind of been pruning different friends from my immediate circle over the years. And so it's the circle is small (laughs) at this point. And I'm not mad at the circle being small, because as we talk about in this episode, life changes. Things ebb and flow. People get married. People have kids. Who you are changes, who they are changes. And sometimes it's just like you were great for me in that season of my life. And I will always love you and you. I will always cherish the friendship that we had. But at this stage and phase of my life and where I'm at in terms of what I need for my friends and my relationships, I don't know if you need to be in my inner inner circle. Like You could be at the, the second level. Right. But I don't know if, if I want that kind of relationship with you. I'm also realizing that for a lot of the relationships that I had previously in my life, I was horrible at setting boundaries and that was my fault. That's not their fault at all. But once I I got better and I figured out what I needed in my relationships, I started setting better boundaries and that didn't always go over well in relationships where there were none previously. And so I understand that that may have been difficult for them to adjust to, but I'm evolving and I'm growing and I need different things for my relationship. And I'm realizing that I don't want relationships that aren't reciprocal, right? There has to be an even exchange. If you feel like I'm the kind of person that you could call on when you get into some mess or something's going on, great. I love that for you. But if I don't feel the same way about you, if you're not the person that I would call to trust to handle my business or keep my secrets when stuff is going on with me, that's not the kind of relationship I want anymore. And I feel like those are the kinds of relationships I had where people felt like I was their friend, but I didn't necessarily feel like they were mine. All right. So we're learning, we're growing, we're evolving. And as you change, as your needs change, as your boundaries change and you start realizing what you need and want, I think it's totally normal for your community to expand and retract appropriately. So that's kind of where I am. And, And in light of that, I felt like now is a great time and opportunity for us to run back the very second episode of the show maintaining real friendships how to make real friends as an adult because it ain't easy it ain't easy but I'm committed with the help of my therapist to reconnecting with my community and bringing my friends closer and keeping them close I hope you'll join me all right well if you're not ready to join me yet at least hopefully you'll tune into this episode so let's get into this episode this episode we had featured guest christina braxton who is an old friend of mine i've known christina for literally almost 15 years i was so grateful to have her on the show and to get her perspective about friendship so let's get right into it christina tell the people again because this is a remix (laughs) who you are and what you do Thanks, friends. See you soon. Yeah, so Christina Braxton, I am a alum of Howard University, the Howard University, mm-hmm. and so Georgetown so University, <laughs> where I got my master's, and I'm originally from, um, I'll say Nashville, Tennessee, because I'm from a suburb of it, so um, yeah, I'm so excited to hear, be here for part two. I think part one was really fun, and we got to talk about a lot of things that I didn't think about, but you brought up that I thought would be super helpful for me moving forward. And I think this will be a nice little pickup from where we kind of left off. 
Absolutely. So let's just dive right in because here at the Sugar Free Podcast, we don't hold anything back and we drink all of our tea, right? Because we spill a lot of tea on the Sugar Free Podcast. Yes, girl. (laughs) We spill all our tea sugar free. So let's just jump right in. So as an adult, when did you realize it was time for you to make some new friends? So I think an interesting piece of it is when I was at work, when I started working and most of the people I started hanging out with were from work. Now, I was kind of in a weird space because I kind of lucked out. Most of the people I was hanging out with, we were all around the same age and we all kind of had the mindset of this isn't just a work friend relationship. Like we can be real friends. A lot of their weddings I've gone to, I'm still in touch with all of these people, but I didn't want all of my friends to be from work. And that's when I was like, oh, I probably should make some other friends because when you go out and have drinks with them, the conversations aren't about work or people from work or what you're doing, like the projects and stuff. So that was probably it for me was because I noticed like, you know, you get a happy hour after work and then, oh, somebody has a birthday that weekend or there's a concert and they're like, hey, I have an extra ticket you want to go. And then you just naturally are always hanging out with the people from work because you're with them all day. You become really close. So that's when I was kind of like, yeah, let's just diversify your group of friends. So everything that you do isn't tied to work. Gotcha. I want to jump or dive a little bit deeper into that work friends scenario. But before we do, I want to share with our listeners when I realized that I needed to make new friends. And I think I kind of touched on this a little bit in the last episode, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper this episode. And it's a kind of a personal story. And I don't know that I've ever really shared this story with anyone before. So you are the first and then everybody else in the audience, y'all are next. Exclusive. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I had one particular friend whom I became extremely close with and we did everything with. And uh, I just kind of got used to her being a permanent fixture in my life. And I just never in my mind thought that things would change. And, and, and I know that's unrealistic, right? I just never in my mind thought that. But one day she came to me and she was like, we're having a baby. And I was like, <laughs> you Surprise. know what I mean? <laughs> oh, we are. And, you know, I, I, I know that motherhood was something that was so incredibly important to her. And so, mm-hmm. of course, all I could do in that moment was express this sheer joy and excitement for what she was experiencing. But in my heart, I was Mm. incredibly sad. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, things between us will never be the same. And she was like, they will. And I'm like, but in order for you to be the kind of mother that I want you to be, that you want to be, they can't be. Mm. Our relationship can't stay the same. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, And I knew, um, in my heart that things would always be different um, because we would be entering two phases of our lives that were just so incredibly different. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of knew that I would need to start expanding my friend circle Mm -hmm. and making new friends. 
because I was like, she's just not going to have the same kind of time for me anymore. And I was, I was like low key depressed. Yeah. For a little while. And I, I I don't think I ever shared that with her, but I, at the time was going through a breakup with mm. a guy that I had been dating for some time and mm-hmm. he passed from COVID now. Mm. I couldn't even, oh my yeah. goodness. I couldn't even believe when I, when I found that out, but at I'm the so time, sorry. I mean, I hadn't spoken to that man in years. I mm-hmm. just, he uh, played professional football and I saw it on the news. Like, I was oh, well, like yeah. yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, wow. And mm-hmm. so at that time we were going through a tough breakup and then I felt like my French, my best friendship was, was shifting and changing. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call it a breakup because we're still very good friends today, mm-hmm. but it just, I felt like all of my close relationships or, or two of very important ones because I have other friends, but you know, like we're, we're going away. Right. And I was like really sad and depressed about that for a while. And, and it took me a little minute to, to figure out what I needed. And, and when I came out on the other side, I, I realized I needed more friends, friends that would be more accessible and friends that could meet me where I was. So mm-hmm. that's kind of when I, when I figured that out. Oh, that's, that is so interesting because I didn't think about it like that, but things do change. I have my first really close friend that had a child. And so she had it after getting married. And this was this past November. And I was just thinking about when your friends get married, how your friendship kind of changes, because now there's someone else that they can give most of their attention to and that they're always with. And so to have the baby, that's, that's really interesting because the time just isn't the same. And even when you want to talk to them, it's like, they only have this much time to talk to you. It's not, okay, girl, it's been an hour and a half. I'm gonna talk to you later. It's I've got a quick 15 minutes while the child is napping. You want to catch up. And by the time you get the conversation going, it's time to get off the phone. So, or it's a very distracted 20 minutes, right? Right. Where they're clearly splitting their time talking to models. you. Yep. Mm-hmm. All that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think you bring up a really good point there. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into something less depressing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm glad you shared that though, because there's someone else who feels the same way. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's so difficult. It was difficult for me at the time to admit that out loud. And yeah. I didn't want to say it out loud, like, because I felt like any way I said it was going to be, I'm jealous of the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The baby's getting more attention than me. Yeah. Yeah. There's no good way to say that I I miss my friend because I'm not in the grand scheme of your life now. I'm nowhere near as important as Mm -hmm. this new life and you know, this new journey that you're undertaking. And I mm-hmm. never want you to feel bad, right? right? Yeah, like right. about yeah. where you are or what you're doing. Like you're getting everything in life that you've ever dreamed of. And I don't ever want you to be worried about me. Mm-hmm. You got too many other things to be, don't be worried about me. And my friends right. like, no, let me know. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to be burdened thinking about I'll be fine I'm a Mm -hmm. I'm an adult it's my job to carry my baggage Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it is not your job to carry it with me especially when I want to burden you right yeah no I feel that 
Yeah. So that's why I needed new single friends so that I didn't feel bad about burdening them with my problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you ain't got no kids. And I hate that perception, right? That because you're single and you don't have any kids that you're not doing anything. And so I don't want to, I don't want to perpetuate that. Cause I'm, I, yes. I'm not, I'm not married and I don't have any kids, but I may still be busy, but I just feel like that's a whole other level of, you know, constraint on your time. Whereas mm-hmm. for single people, we, we just don't have that. Right. We have other right. things, but I, I definitely feel less bad. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. I get that. So uh, when you were ready to make new friends, since you had all of these work friends, where did you go? So it really came down to different things that I would go to. So if I went to a friend from Howard, uh, who was still in the area, if I went to a happy hour for a birthday or whatever, and they had some people there, I would make it my point to introduce myself to someone I didn't know and just start up a conversation just a regular conversation. What do you do for fun? Do you go out? Whatever. And then from there, it kind of turned into, oh, let's follow each other on Instagram. And then from there, it's conversation that you have or, oh my gosh, love that top. Where'd you get it? And it just kind of became organic. And then it was also friends that I had formerly interned with. Um, I would take those friendships and hang out with them because they were in a totally different space now, especially those that I interned with in sports that weren't in sports and they had other jobs in business or whatever, then I could hang out with them and their friends. And I think it also helped people who are from this area who grew up and they have friends from like high school and stuff. You could meet them. And I just kind of went about it that way. Um, And I think the second question was, where do you find did you ask me where you find? Yeah. Because it's a weird, it's a fine line between like networking and making friends because it's so hard because so many people hear where you work and then it's like, they want to hang on to you to be part of the network. And it's like, no, but I'm looking for friendships. Like I'm looking for someone I can call up and say, Hey, there's this art exhibit in DC for the next two weeks. Let's go to it or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so you never wanted it to come off as, I'm just talking to you because of what you do or where you work. Mm. I truly want a friendship. I still think I'm trying to figure that space out, how to talk to people, how to make friends to where it doesn't feel like we're at a networking event. And so much of that happens in DC. There's so many networking events. Now I don't know when the culture in DC, it's so the culture. And I don't know when those will start back up again because of COVID, but I don't miss them. I love organic things where people bring others together. If you go over to someone's house for a barbecue or fight night party, whatever it might be, you can meet people that way. I like that a lot more than, oh, there's this networking event. You should come. Like, I just don't like doing that because it's kind of like you're putting someone's worth in the hands of their job. And then from there you decide if they're worthy of talking to or not. So I try to do the most organic, you know, going to a birthday dinner, going to a birthday happy hour, whatever, and make friends that way. I have a couple thoughts about that. I think it's so interesting that um, you feel like it turns into to networking because I talk a lot. So I've hosted workshops before about building relationships Mm-hmm. through networking, right? And so I feel like if you're doing networking the right way, 
Mm-hmm. It should be organic. It should mm-hmm. feel a whole lot like we're building a friendship because that's how you build the kind of equity in the relationship to be mm-hmm. able to then turn that friendship into a sponsorship, <laughs> right? right? Or yeah. an allyship. Like you have to build the equity in the friendship part first mm-hmm. in terms of building that relationship and seeing if at a baseline, I like you. Whether you like me, because you're 10 times more likely to do something for someone you like or someone mm-hmm. you consider a friend. I so, yep. yeah. So I feel like good networking should be a whole lot like friend making. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other thing I feel like is so interesting is this this idea in my head, this this word is coming to mind and it's equally yoked. And we hear about that so often in romantic relationships, but what about in your friendships too, especially when you're trying to make new friends, you, I think, want to make friends that are in a similar place and station as you. And that's what we talked Mm -hmm. about all of like the last episode in terms of being in the same place with your friends, Mm -hmm. but you also, you know, want to have friends that can relate to where you're at in your life professionally. And so, you know, I think it's good to ask somebody what they do, not to hold it against them or hopefully not so that they can like latch on or leech on to me. But Mm -hmm. I want to know off the rip just about how much we might have in common. Yeah. You know, based on what you do. And it doesn't necessarily mean like personality wise, we won't have things in common, but do we have similar work schedules? Do we have, you know, are we free at generally the same times? Um, Do we have similar backgrounds? Like, can we kiki about our HBCU experience Mm -hmm. or our college experience? Um, Can we kiki about our graduate school experiences Mm -hmm. right I feel like one of the reasons like we don't have the same profession Mm -hmm. but one of the reasons why I feel like a lot of our conversations are so authentic and fluid is because we can relate to each other about a lot of shared experiences Mm -hmm. and I feel like that is so important in developing a friendship is this idea of equal yoking Mm -hmm. and so you know and not in the sense that we make the same or we're in exactly the same place but are you going to have as much in common with the bartender as you would the corporate boss if you're a corporate boss chick not that we would ever discriminate or look down upon somebody who's working because you're working okay it's Mm -hmm. hard out here for us all get your coin however Mm -hmm. you get your coin but when you're looking for friendships doesn't it help if you and the person are potentially in similar places? No, I completely are, And agree. do you look for yeah. that when you're looking for new friends? I completely agree with you on that. I think because I have been in this DC bubble for so many years, you find that people ask your job to determine like, oh, should I keep talking to this person or not? I love knowing what people do because I think it's interesting how people get to where they are in life. There was obviously some kind of path that made them get there. If somebody works for the FBI and they're like, all my life, I grew up, you know, researching and looking into things and trying to figure things out and wanting to protect people. That's your story for how you got to that job. I love knowing what people do. I think a lot of times 
you find people that are in things that they didn't want to be doing and now they love. And then you find people who are in things they hate and they're trying to get out of. So I'm one of those people that are like, oh, so what do you do for those exact reasons? Like what is behind all of that? But when you're specifically at those networking, I never go to networking events. I've probably only been to a handful since I've been a working professional because they make me very uncomfortable because everyone's just trading cards. I'd much rather it be like what you do. Hey, there's someone I think you should talk to. Boom. That's what I like to do as well. You know what? You said you're interested in this. I have a friend who does this, or I know someone over here that does that and make those organic connections instead of either paying to go to an event and swapping cards with people where it doesn't really feel organic. It feels more forced or to sit there and go somewhere where it's like, this is going to be like speed networking and you're going to get 10 minutes with each person. Like, those types of things weird me out, but I do agree that it's nice to know what people do so you can find what those similarities are. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. So totally random. Yeah. The last new friends that I made, I met in the most random place. Like I I think it also depends on your personality and how comfortable you are meeting new people, I think has has a lot to do with where you feel comfortable making Mm -hmm. new friends. And so Mm -hmm. a couple of Valentine's days ago, I was so sad because I have no Valentine. And it's going <laughs> to sound so stupid because I normally like try not to put a whole lot of stock into that. But again, had gotten out of a unfortunate, well, very fortunate. Yeah. The way it happened was unfortunate, <laughs> but fortunate that I got out. Right. right. So I had just gotten out of a relationship and I was like, oh, my God, I'm here single on Valentine's Day again. What was me? And I mm-hmm. just got off the phone with my mom and she was like, shut up. <laughs> she, told uh, listen. You. Okay. she was like, I'm get you over straight. yourself, girl. Yes. Listen, Mama is 100 percent sugar free. Right. Oh, love it. No <laughs> calories. The- zero (laughs) so she was like get over yourself you're young you'll meet another guy get over it and Mm -hmm. so I was like mom I'm allowed to have my feelings okay (laughs) let me live in this moment of sadness yes (laughs) right right let me just be sad and that's that exactly and so I was like after I got the phone it was like let me feel what I feel. I was like, you know what? My mom is right. Like, let me do something. Like, I don't need to wait. I've never been the type of girl to wait on a man. I don't need to wait on a man to do something. And so I was like, I got dressed. I went to my favorite bar. It was Valentine's Day. And there were other, there were two ladies sitting at the bar and they clearly were like uh, together, like same party. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like sat next to them and I heard them talking a little bit and, you know, thought it was funny. And then I just like said, hey, like, what do you guys do? And like, we just struck up a conversation. I'm just on this space where I can start to eat out by myself, go to movies by myself. I was getting to all that right before COVID. And now I'm like, well, dang, but you are your new best friend. I'm my new best friend. And I'm just looking forward to just seeing if I'll have some of those interactions like you had at that bar where it's like, I'm sitting by myself. They say something funny. I laugh. Organic conversation starts because that's kind of how you make friends as an adult, unless you're going to a barbecue or 
dare I say it, a child's birthday party and there's some adult friends there. And it's like, you know how I feel about those. You know how I feel about those. Okay. (laughs) And it's like, oh, you don't have any kids either. No, I don't have any kids. Girl, I I had a have a panic. The last time I went to a child's birthday party, I low-key almost had a panic attack. I was like, now what happened? (laughs) Oh, all the kids. Children. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. it felt overwhelming for me. I don't want to say that I'm bad with children, but I feel the same way generally, not all children, but generally about children that I feel about dogs. Oh. I don't, girl, I don't like dogs. I like Mr. Bentley. There's a difference. Says the dog owner, you don't like dogs. <laughs> dogs. I don't does like dogs. <laughs> no dog Mr. parks Bentley. for you. Mr. Bentley's different because he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't generally, you know, of course you have like some family, close friends, children, but that you'll, you'll accept or allow, but generally I don't do children. Yeah. I think I'm in the same space as you. And I have four siblings under the age of 13, the youngest being four. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like those are my children. I get asked every time I take them out or they'll say, your kids are so cute. And I'm like, I'm actually their sister. And sometimes I just go with it because I don't have the patience. I'm like, thank you and keep it moving. But that is enough for me. It's chaos. For me, I just don't feel like I can be my 100% authentic self. Like, and so I don't know if I'm ever- Yeah, like Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm ever gonna meet my next best friend at a kid's party because if you at the kid's party, you probably got some kids. That's not my next best friend. Like as as Mm -hmm. I have (laughs) right as I have looked at making new friends, I have noticed that the average age of my friends have decreased considerably. Mm. Most of Mm. the new friends that I've made have been in their late twenties because or or mid to late 20s because they don't have don't children have or yeah. husbands yeah <laughs> they're no, single true. yeah or, or unmarried I won't say single but unmarried with no kids and so I'm just finding that generally women that are younger than my average friend group or my normal friend group are in a, a more similar place as I am and so yeah. that's who you know I've been looking at and so I as we are talking about like what you look for in new friends, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, right? So when you're looking for new friends at these parties, do you ever consider making new friends with a man? As in, oh, like you're a male friend, not you're a girl that has a man. Got it. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I look at it. the, The biggest thing with being friends with a male is making sure there's transparency. Like, because if I'm strictly looking for a platonic friendship, perfect. We have that understanding. But one, you need to let me know, like, this is a friend zone, right? So I know that it's clear. And do you have a girlfriend? Okay, you do. Let me meet her so I can tell her that this is strictly platonic. I have a good amount of male friends, but a lot of my male friends are married now or engaged. And I have met all of their wives. They have a clear understanding. I will go visit my friends that are males, them and their wife, like stay with them and that kind of thing. And the wives have an understanding. They're just friends. You guys go to the bar or go do whatever you want to do. I'm going to go do this or whatever. So because they know, and you have to have that transparency and that trust so that everyone is on the same page of what this friendship is. I think where people get caught up is when you have people who 
are expecting more out of a friendship than just that. And that's where it gets a little murky. Or if you are a male and you've never had girlfriends before, like just friends that are girls or women, I should say, um, that's where it gets a little murky because it's like, they don't know how to tread in the water. They're like, am I trying to get with her or am I just trying to be a friend? They don't know how to do it. And so transparency is the biggest thing when trying to be male friends, but I don't discriminate male, female. I'll be friends with anyone. I don't, I don't know. Like, okay. So I do have male friends, Mm -hmm. but they're people that I have been friends with for years. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have any new male friends Mm -hmm. and I don't know how, if I feel like I could have a genuine male friend at this stage in my life, I think it would be very difficult because even, even the men that I have as friends, uh, for years, they tried it. And when I say it, it, to get up out the friend zone. Right. But, but their attempt was so long ago in proximity that it just doesn't matter now. Right. Right. But now if you try to get up out the friend zone, that's really awkward. Yeah. 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 Have you ever, I mean, have you, do you have any male friends that have never, ever made an attempt to get out the friend zone ever? I have zero. Yeah. I have a good amount. Majority of my male friends have never tried straight ones. I have some, some, no straight ones. I'll, I'll qualify that. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, most of my friends have never tried. Most of my male friends have never tried any of that. Now, some of them were in relationships prior to me meeting them. Some of them weren't. A lot of them, I think, if not all of them were either had a girlfriend or a fiance when I met them. It wasn't anything where it was like they're married, but because we were all younger. But yeah, I have majority, I would say 95% of them. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I just I, don't it know. It is interesting now that I say that out loud. Yeah, it is. I don't know that I have enough faith in men mm-hmm. to not try it. And so mm-hmm. if I'm talking to you, even as a woman, right? Like that's in the back of my mind. Like mm-hmm. what are this man's intentions? Yeah. Even if he is saying he's okay with being my friend, you don't know how many times I have broken up with a boyfriend Mm-hmm. And I get, I don't know how th- these dudes have six cents. I don't even know. They heard through the get- grapevine. They heard from their friends. Some. I got two dudes in my inbox. Like, oh, I heard you just broke up with your boyfriend. I just wanted to let you know, like, I've always had a crush on you. Like, can I take you out on a date? And I'm like, I thought we were friends, right? Oh, like, I thought you yeah. were like a legit my friend. And so I've had that happen several times where guys see a breakup as an opportunity. And so I don't have a whole lot of trust in men to have a sincere desire to genuinely just be my friend. Like I said, for the men that are in my life now that are my friends, we we crossed that bridge so long ago, right? right? Right. That we we are legit, like, just like brother and sister. Mm -hmm. But for a new person coming in, trying to establish these new friendships, that can be awkward. Yeah. Like, to, to get past and to get over. And at this point in my life, I'm like, I need friends. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is like, how do you make a male friend? You know, them, like if you were to approach someone at a bar, 
Is it like, hey, I'm coming to you to be your friend? It's right. it's never that. So I guess you raise a really good point. And a lot of mine come from um, either work friends and then they left the company and they're doing their own thing and we're still friends. Or I met their wife first and we all became friends or something like that. There's never been a walked up to this person let's be friends so that you raise a good point because when I look back at how I met all these people it was through work or something like that yeah and see like I do have of guys that I've met like through work or through Mm -hmm. professional circles but I don't know if I consider them friends Mm -hmm. I consider them colleagues acquaintances because to me a friend is somebody that I call just to say hey right right just to chat we're not talking about work we're just catching up mm-hmm. somebody that if I want to hit up a movie, I'm going to hit you up. Right. Like, yeah. so to me, they're like a colleague or a prof- part of my professional network, a mentor, even a sponsor, because the majority of our conversations revolve around work. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I have difficulty making friends at work. Mm, yeah. Because I think that there are some parts of you that your work friends shouldn't see mm-hmm. or, you know, that like Absolutely. they don't need to know what my wild night weekends like they don't need to know because yeah. when I come to work on Monday morning, I need to carry an air of professionalism that is very difficult to maintain if oh, yeah. I've now invited my work people to my very intimate spaces. And so I'm always wary of that, especially as a, a black woman. Yeah, it's it's so important for us to be on. Right. Right. It's so important for us to not mess up and not make a misstep. And so I'm so glad we made it all the way back around because I was going to ask you, uh, you had mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that work was a place where you felt like you were making a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. And so how did you navigate making friends at work? And did you feel like those relationships were true, authentic friendships or just kind of friendships of convenience? by virtue of you being close proximity wise to them at work? Or do you really feel like these were real enduring friendships that you could be your most vulnerable, you know, authentic self in? Yeah. And I think the interesting part of that is this was my first big girl job. So with that, I was trying to navigate the waters and trying to be safe and have my boundaries up and stuff like that. With our job, we can travel a lot together and you spend a lot of time together, not just nine to five. And so you get to learn about people and people, some people have their walls up and that's fine. And you know which ones those are. And then you know the ones that you can trust based on the type of conversations that you have, based on who they are. And once we kind of took time to get to know, it wasn't immediate, like this took months to, to get to know someone. But I'm thinking of all these people in my head that I'm still friends with and we still talk to this day. I mean, baby showers, weddings, um, engagements, um, all of that, like we're a part of all of that because we're all still friends to this day. And it took some time. You have to get to know someone. You have to get to know if you can trust someone. And you learn that by going off, I was going to say off campus, but away from the office for lunch 
or having a happy hour with someone to where you can kind of let that wall down and you know that you can trust that person. And sometimes you can, if they cross you one good time, okay, at least you know how to operate with them and you just know that's not gonna be one of your friends. But I think work friends are important because it's hard to be at work and not have anyone. I'm kind of in that space now where all of those people that I'm thinking of are no longer at the company, except for like a, a few people that actually weren't even really in that core group that I was a part of. And it's hard. It is hard to feel like you were just on an island because now in my position, I'm only 30, but the people who are coming in underneath that I used to hang out with were, or um, when I was like in a coordinator role, they're all in their early 20s. You know, they're the age I was when I started. So they're between 23 and 25. And it's just so different. Like, I don't know if it's because it's a newer generation or whatever it might be, but it's just different the way the age gap is and that type of thing. So then I was like, oh, I just need to be okay with keeping it to myself. And as I've moved up, you know, you can't really hang out with people like that because especially if they're reporting to you, you just, you kind of have to, and I learned the hard way, you know, you just have to set those boundaries and know, but I do know I enjoyed my job a lot more when I did have my work friends, but I think the space that I'm in now will prepare me for the rest of my career to help me understand, like, you don't have to be friends with people at work and it almost benefits you not to be super buddy-buddy. You can be friendly and you can, you know, grab lunch together or whatever, but I think having that separation is nice. So then if something does happen or come up, you're not the office gossip because, somebody saw you having a good time at a nightclub the past weekend, you know? Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and like mm -hmm. I said before, I feel like as a black woman, there is pressure mm -hmm. to not right. make a mistake. And I know you mentioned like, sometimes it's, you know, trial by fire in terms right. of figuring out whether or not you can trust this person. And sometimes it right. takes them breaching the trust in order for you to establish mm -hmm. that. I feel like at this point in my career, I'm not interested in testing those waters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. want to wait until you potentially breach my trust for me to decide if we can be friends. I will say that I think I let my guard down a little bit more with women, especially mm -hmm. black women, because I think that there is an understanding of my feelings and reservations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we can get to a place where we understand, okay, girl, I'm not going to do that to you. You don't do that to me. To me. Right. right. Like we've been able to like develop some very good, meaningful relationships because there's that level of understanding there. Like mm -hmm. I know your struggles. I know the pressures that you're under. And so it's just kind of like a circle of trust. Right. Um, because there's a level of understanding of my fears and reservations about getting too close to people at work mm -hmm. that I just don't know if my other colleagues understand my right like it's, it's not that I don't want to get to know you it's that this is my life this mm -hmm. is my livelihood I've mm -hmm. literally been working my butt off for the last 12 years of my life to get mm -hmm. to this space and I can't let you mess that up for me I know that's right it's like a I, time now yeah right like, I can't let anyone get in the way of where I'm going right. and it's not All that things. I don't think you're great or, you know, and like, like I said, there's always exceptions to that, right? There mm -hmm. are always people that are just exceptional that you will make an exception for. But right, in, the, right. in the general sense, I'm just like getting to where I want to be 
financially because mm-hmm. as you get to your thirties, you're ready to start being stable. Like you, you right, ready to stop right. being broke, right? Like you realize that your professional development, your upward growth and mobility is more important to you than making friends at work. I think that right. at work, I'm more concerned with making mentors, allies, sponsors, mm-hmm. right? Like I need those, you mm-hmm. need those, but mm-hmm. I don't know if we need to go kiki at the bar for you to sponsor me at work or to mentor me. And so I think that making those distinctions is important because it, for me, it sets a boundary. So I know how to show up in these relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like in, in Mm -hmm. my mind, I already know we're only going to go, but this deep into my personal life, right? Because I need to establish that clear professional, personal boundary. And Mm -hmm. I think for people like us, we're personable and friendly. So we can still be very friendly, right? Mm -hmm. And the interactions can still be very organic. But in my mind, I already have set a boundary for how deep into my personal life, this relationship can go. And I think it's really important, at least for me, because I know how open I like to be in my Mm -hmm. personal relationships. And so I need to mentally set that boundary when I'm navigating, making new friends or mentors or allies that I need that. Yeah. So I can say, Mm -hmm. you doing too much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you really, I mean, I think it takes that time leading up to 30 for you to learn. Like you can't be open with everyone. And I work with some people who tell everybody everything. And I'm like, please don't tell everyone your business. And some of them are older than me. And I'm like, why do I know your whole relationship journey? Why do I know, or why do I, and why does the company know all of this? And some people are just open like that, but it's me seeing something like that, that makes me know, yeah, that's not for me. So Girl, I experienced it. So just a quick anecdote. I remember I was buying my first home when I was had one of my first jobs at a law school. And I Mm -hmm. thought I was just making casual conversation. What is the go-to question Monday morning? What you do this this weekend, Mm -hmm. right? Like, yep, yep, always. And I was like, oh, I just closed on my first home. I thought I was sharing something that wasn't super personal. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I came to find out that this person was having conversations about me behind my back to my boss saying, well, maybe she would have more time to do her work if she wasn't buying a home. I was like, whoa, <laughs> how did we get there? Like, how did this person use that? Oh, no. Right. That bit of information that I didn't even think was super personal to now turn that around and use that as a means to try to snake work away from me because mm. the, the legal profession is extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. Right. And they wanted some work that I was working on Sweet. and right. And use that against me. And I was just like, wow. That's what we doing. And so then you were like, now I've got to be guarded. Now I have to be super guarded with everything that I say. And that's the most uncomfortable space to be in because it could be anything that you say. Like 
I went to Whole Foods. Oh, well, maybe she would have more money if she wasn't getting her groceries at Whole Foods. You know what I mean? Right? Like it could be anything that you say that people can take and twist. And so I think- Or that's how what- she afford Whole Foods? What she get paid, right? Why am anything. I not getting that? I'm over here shopping at Kroger. I need right? someone to make it make sense. And I'm a Kroger girl. Let's go Kroger. Girl. But girl, I just, it's anything that you say people can take and twist. And it, there's something so uncomfortable about that just feeling like you have to be guarded, but I think you have to in the workspace because you don't know these people. For me, when I talk about friendships, because for me, friendship is the highest level Mm -hmm. of status or relationship that you can have. Like I have... There's levels to this, right? It's yeah, levels to this, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you could be yeah. you could be a colleague, you could be an acquaintance, you can be a mentor. But if I call you a friend, yeah, that's a strong word. Yes, that is such a great place to end. Yes, yeah, yeah. making new <laughs> friends. I don't know if we making new friends or we talked a few people out of hashtag no new friends today. I don't know. Thank you so much for joining us. This was fantastic. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome back to the tea party anytime. I will come with my cup. Amen. And no sugar, girl. Don't bring any sugar. sugar. I won't. And I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but after sorting through all this making new friends foolishness, I think I'm ready to sit on my couch with Mr. Bentley by myself. I think I'm ready to be my own new best friend. She said it's me and Bentley till the end. (laughs) Listen, listen. My sister sent me a meme a couple weeks ago and she was like, oh, when you have to, it says something like, oh, when you cancel your plans with your friends to stay home with the dog. And I I was like, I was like, that's a whole lie because I'm not canceling plans. Bentley is the plan. He's the plan. Put some respect on Mr. Bentley's name. Because they're going to make you feel bad for leaving too. I can't wait to get my dog to make me feel bad for walking out the door. It's like, you're right. I'll stay home with you. (laughs) (laughs) You pulled my leg. (laughs) I know that's right. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. And thank you all of you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in next week for episode three. I can't wait. See you guys soon. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea. With me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends, and be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar free. Meet small business owner, Mackenzie Nicole. Mackenzie's business is growing and she needs forms and templates to legally protect her business from clients, partners, and employees. But she's low on cash and needs to find forms and templates that are legally binding and comprehensive, yet affordable. Not knowing where to find such forms and templates, Mackenzie was stressed until she found Formally Forms. 
the one-stop DIY legal shop for small business owners, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs. All Formally forms are affordable, easy to use, and expertly drafted by a licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So what are you waiting for? Be like Mackenzie and get your Formally form or template today.